Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks for Saturday, February 8th, 2020. This week, it's the pre-Oscars show. So we have our predictions. We also get a little bit into the Super Bowl. Uh, Our theme is brought to you again by Killing the Flower. Hope you enjoy. All right, I think we're live. Um, I believe we are indeed. Great. Well, <laughs> lots of technical difficulties, but uh, welcome to Popcast on the Rocks um, for Saturday, February 8th. Um, Episode four. Uh, finally got going. It's, we, we meant <laughs> to start more than an hour ago, so if anyone was waiting, I'm sorry. How are you doing, Andrea? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Glad we got our technical difficulties sorted out. Um, you know, at least it was all on the back end and not really uh, anything we had to deal with live. So that's good. I'm excited that we made it a month. Yeah. Our first oh, really? We're celebrating. Yeah. Oh, I suppose. I mean, four, four weeks, a month, you know. Yep. So, yeah, celebrating our one month anniversary, John. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, what are you, what are you toasting I'm- our anniversary with? I'm celebrating with this. You can see it there. It's, it's, Fancy. Uh, it's good. Yep. How is it? It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's a little watery now. It was on. Probably, probably had that situation before, but now it's just watery. <laughs> you got to find those whiskey stones, John. I know. There's two episodes yeah. now. You've been using ice. Mm-hmm. So. I'm okay with I'm okay with ice. It just you know <laughs> there is a pace at which you should kind of drink it, and it feels like sure. So. All right. Well, um, how's your week been? Been pretty good. Kind of passed in a little bit of a blur because um, I was doing prep for this show, so that meant watching a lot of Oscar movies, and uh, those were those were kind of taking up a lot of my nights. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This uh, this crop of Oscar movies is uh long. Yes. You know. Yes. So, I uh, I feel like I've been spoiled by TV and you know the kind of shortness of episodes. Mm. Even the ones that are an hour don't feel quite like watching yeah. a movie. You know, yeah. or even when you stream like three or four at a time, it doesn't quite feel like you've watched a movie. Yeah, so. You get that. You get that respite. You get that. You know, in the middle of it to. The choice: stop or continue. Right. right. Yeah. You know, I don't like breaking up movies. You know. No. No, it's you tough. Know? Yeah. It's... Once you once you sit down with it, you want to get in that world and stay yep. there. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Of course, of course. My <laughs> husband and I hosted a party, um, and it was a good Super Bowl. Finally, you know, yeah. it wasn't a total blowout. One team just crushing the other, which. I don't know, just kills like a Super Bowl vibe. You know, you just can't yeah. watch which the happens thing. a lot. It really. does. It does. Um so. so yeah, so it was fun. And you know, I wanted the Chiefs to win and they did, so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was a good time. Good time. I think it was uh, you know, um I think all around it was pretty good. The team I preferred to win did. It yep. was a it was a, a tight game, close game. Even wasn't high scoring. Right. Um, I heard some people not like them as much, but I enjoy the commercials more than I had in some other recent years. And oh, I yeah. like the half halftime show. So. Yeah, I love the halftime show. 
I know, uh, I know there's been a lot of internet speculation over, you know, Shakira and JLo and like their outfits and like the sexual nature of the dances or whatever, but I don't know. I just didn't really get that. That wasn't what I was picking up on. I can, I can see parents sitting in a room with their young kids being uncomfortable, but it's not, I don't know that that's a problem. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just, um, it's no, it's not stuff that no one's seen. I mean, watch any pop music video ever. (laughs) And it's not more than that. So I just, um, I need to be honest, it, I just didn't really feel all that sexual to me. Um, I mean, yeah, JLo was on a pole for like, you know, two minutes, which mm-hmm. A, I just sat there and thought like, man, if I could do that at 50, mm-hmm. dang, I'd be impressed with myself and my athleticism, not like sexuality. And B, I mean, it was just JLo on a pole. It wasn't like, you know, tons of men writhing around on top of you know tons of women and you know what i mean like there was just nothing there i was think just nothing j-lo on a pole should be an episode title it should <laughs> so I, have, I apparently have stronger feelings than i knew about this but well yeah you know, i don't know i just i didn't find it all that uncomfortable i just was more impressed with the athleticism of these two women mm-hmm. you know i'd heard other people say you know look if you're watching this thing with you know your your teenage boys or something like that or, you know, otherwise little kids, they're not going to understand any of that stuff. They're going to see bright no. colors and loud noises. And, exactly. And so it's more of the, it's it's this thing that I always still think is weird. And where culturally, I don't know if it expands a lot of other cultures or if it's more Western culture. I always think it's strange how it's so abhorrent to let your kids watch something that is sexual, mm-hmm. stuff that people do in real life and is okay right um, that's bad but watching gratuitous awful terrible violence disemboweling that's fine yeah even though that's illegal and crimes and you shouldn't do that it's just right. the psychology of that is very interesting why that's a why it is that way right it's interesting that you know we hide sexuality and we sort of like make it a shameful thing when really like you said it should be something like murder or gratuitous violence that right. should be shameful i think it's a i mean it'd be a, i suppose it'd be a thing like if you committed murder and then someone's talking about murder you'd feel uncomfortable because you knew you did it right so with sexual stuff it'd be possibly the same and it's like so i get that but our logical minds should work to overcome that Mm-hmm. that impulse you know right so i don't know <laughs> so Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah we got um, off on a little sidetrack there that's okay yeah i i also this week i went to see gretel and hansel oh Hansel's. how'd you like that um it looked really pretty okay you know that's... it was kind of eerie it looked it looked pretty um the witch in there i thought did a good job um my wife really liked it actually really liked it okay um but um i don't know i had a problem with the kid um the little boy he wasn't kind of 
I don't know if his acting was up to it. And then it was kind of slow and okay. I don't know. I didn't leave, I didn't leave wild, but it was sure. very pretty for, it has some cool camera angles and shots and stuff. So was uh was the storyline kind of any different than the original or just. So just I don't know much about it, but much? as, as far as I can tell, it's pretty different. Oh, okay. But what, what, uh... I really don't know. I like, well, how it ended for sure. Okay. Um, I had an issue with how it ended. I won't mm -hmm. say how it was, but yeah, listen, <laughs> I don't know. The decisions sometimes didn't, you know, and actually kind of came up with some reasons why maybe, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard when you have to talk yourself into it or like search for the reason for something, yep. you know? Yep. Yeah. I would say if you're interested, rent it. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no need for the big screen. Yeah. Wait for it to come to Netflix or something. Okay. So we know what's coming up tomorrow now. Yes, yes, obviously. It's uh, the Oscars 2020. That's right. Should um, be a good show. Yeah, you'd mentioned how you watch it every year and it's a big, like, important thing to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chris and I, I sit down to watch it every year. Um, you know, kind of carrying on the the tradition that we started when we were first dating. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fun. You know, we like make a fancy dinner, drink some champagne, uh, for our podcast, you know, live stream tomorrow, I'll get dressed up. Um, we've actually, you and I and our respective spouses have gone to an Oscar party together. I forgot about that. Do you remember that yep. when we went to like that downtown Minneapolis hotel and Yep. Got all fancy and watched the Oscars. That was a good that time. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I would cool. definitely do something like that again. Their version of goodie bags they give you and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as high end as uh, I'm sure what they receive, but nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. No cool. like gold watches or, you know, yeah. Chanel number no. five in our swag bags, but <sighs> still fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, what um oh i should should mention that then that anyone that watches live now will be the only people that will get to see some of our predictions before they actually yes. happen yes so, anyone else yeah, listening not... to this is going to be like oh these fools they were all wrong <laughs> yeah who knows i don't know i felt i felt really confident while i was making my predictions um and now that i look back on them i'm like oh i don't know I don't know what I was thinking here, but it's tough. Like the, I feel like the Academy always has a couple of predictable predictions and then they throw you a couple curveballs. So sure. I was trying to get in their mindset. Well, how does, um, how does this year's batch of movies compare to your favorites of the past? And what are your favorites so, of the past? Yes. Uh, so I have two on there. Um, it's a really weird phenomenon. I feel like every year Oscar movies seem so important. And then the next year I'm like, wait, what was, what was the <laughs> best picture winner? Again? Because mostly the time they're not important. My yes. hot take. Oh my God. I don't know. Yeah. They, they feel really forgettable in years after, you know, yeah. I, when we were prepping for the show, I was trying to think of my, my favorite Oscar movies. And I was like, man, was that a contender or, 
you know, like I, I just forgot, but, um, so two of my personal favorites, um, for very personal reasons, um, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, the, the whole trilogy is really, I mean, if I can claim that as, as one of my favorite movies, Mm -hmm. um, I try to sneak all of them in there because I, I just love that series. Um, as evidenced by the fact that when I watch them, I quote along with every single line of dialogue in the Therefore, movie. you watch them alone all the time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've driven everybody away. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I love Return of the King. Um, I mean, cinematography is gorgeous. How can it not be in New Zealand? Um, yeah. You know, they have a beautiful setting. And I love the story. I love the way it, it wraps up even though it's happy, it doesn't feel like a trite fairy tale kind of ending. It feels like this wonderful mix of like happiness and sadness, you know, with like most characters getting like this happy resolution, but then like Frodo's too changed by his journey to really go home. So he moves on. So it's happy, but sad. It feels a little realistic, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is how I, even in apparently, you know, fantasy realms kind of like my movies to be is I, I need a touch of realism sure so yeah I, I mean I agree uh Lord of the Rings is great I just to me Fellowship of the Ring deserved best picture I don't know what it went up against that year but Fellowship of the Ring I think is the best movie of the trilogy as a as a movie you know yes. as a standalone so Return yeah. of the King, I got so many nominations and it was very good, but it, that was the, that was the one that I thought was maybe least deserving of best picture mm-hmm. out of the three. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, to me, it was, yeah. it shows like maybe bias or whatever, where they're, you know, they do these things that something deserves it outside of its individual merit. Like, oh, every year for the last three years, we've had this great movie during the holidays and it's amazing. And we're going to save the best picture for the last one. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. It felt, it felt like the Academy was a little slow in recognizing that like these movies were deserving of awards too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and I, I agree that I think Fellowship was the most deserving of the films Two Towers, I like the elements of it. I don't know because it's in the middle if it stands alone as a best picture. And that was like some reasoning why it wasn't chosen. I thought a lot of the technical elements um, were actually probably better than the other films. Sure. It's certainly darker and grittier. It feels so Two Towers feels to me a little bit like Empire Strikes Back. If we're. Mm -hmm. I got to bring our Star Wars in here every episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, it feels like this this wonderful second chapter. But, yeah, I just I feel like the Academy was a little slow in recognizing the entire trilogy. Yep. So my other uh, my other favorite movie that I have um, on here is Slumdog Millionaire. OK. Um, and that's actually because it was the first date that my husband and I ever went on. Oh, so it's a little sentimental. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I do, when I was thinking about it, I also really liked the premise of it. 
Like it's a unique film. And I think I like it. Like when I was watching the the Oscar nominees this year, I didn't feel a whole lot of originality hmm. in the pictures. Okay. And in the way that they were, and then the way that the stories were told. So in looking back, I loved the idea of Slumdog Millionaire in the idea that like telling this person's life story and how they relate to like each of these questions on who wants to be a millionaire was, was a very unique premise and a unique way to tell someone's life story in a very, you know, different lens that we, that we wouldn't think about, you know, how, and using like the, the lens of a game show to show how somebody's life can be interconnected in very different ways and things can be meaningful in different ways that you don't know until you know some big event happens yep so i i never watched it i never watched it oh okay uh, so yeah i would recommend it yeah i mean i remember you guys talking about a lot and it certainly had a lot of buzz around it so um, yeah i like the direct i like do like that director um Mm -hmm. you know uh 28 days later was his right um and um Mm -hmm. what's his name um i can see his face yeah oh man he did something else that i really liked i know i know wow it's gonna make me bonkers i would look it up (laughs) but my clackety clack keyboard is not really bad so i won't i need to get a quieter keyboard or do like some shows do and they like ask an assistant like uh yo g right um <laughs> um oh wait our producer's typing danny boyle that's who it danny is Boyle. yep thank yep. you thank you god yep that bugs me <laughs> um see okay i slumbog millionaire i so i my favorite's Gladiator. Have an, I look back through the list. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> and I was surprised. You have another you one of my personal favorites. That. Yeah. I okay. know. I just like I remember in college, I you are you very much like Gladiator. I remember that. And I and I still do. I still love it. I mean, truly. Um I mean, everything from Russell Crowe's acting to the production design. Mm-hmm. Um to this, I mean, to just the story in general, it's one of those beautiful, like, historical movies that I don't feel things are out of place or that they've added too much to a historical moment. Okay. Which, again, I will I will be talking about later in the show because I feel like there were several movies this year that did that in a not great way. Okay. Yep. So. What well, did... Uh, what did you particularly like about Gladiator that made it your favorite? It's just an emotional, amazing movie. Like it's, yes. it has some of the, some of everything. It's, mm-hmm. it does epic, right? You know, it does things that yes. are epic very well. Um, yeah, Russell Crowe is great. Um, I don't know how Phoenix. to say his name, but Dijamo Houston is always mm. solid and he's in there. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, well, he's up again this year, and I just think he's one of the greatest actors alive. I think that um, every scene he's in in Gladiator, he steals it. Um, mm-hmm. His tortured, awful self is so good. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will probably never, ever forget uh, his scene smothering his own father. I know it's really good. Yeah. And just like the emotion as he's doing it is, is horrifyingly beautiful. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So. So yeah, that's about it. Otherwise looking back in the lists of the Oscar movies, my predominant thought was, yeah, a lot of these, you know, what ones of these have really become classics? Yeah. You know, and it hasn't been a lot, I don't think, you know, it's been a while since we've had these timeless movies mm-hmm. that are remembered as, you know, that are are nominated or that win best picture anyways. Right, so. right. Yeah, I was looking back and thinking, you know, I'd seen obviously many of the recent years. Um mm-hmm. But as far as like going back into older movies, I mean, I'd seen The Godfather. I love mm-hmm. that movie. I'd seen Gone with the Wind. Okay. But other than that, I don't know that I've seen a whole lot else that won Best Picture. I've heard their names thrown around, you know, when talking about Oscars past, but mm-hmm. haven't actually seen the movies. So what do you think, you know, when you're watching these movies, you know, it so with video games, I remember growing up and magazines like EGM and whatever, they would um, they would have a game and then they would break it down in categories. So it would be visual, you know, visuals or graphics, sound, gameplay. I don't know what else. So there'd be and they would each get a rating. Mm-hmm. And most of them gone away from that now because I mean, it's so hard to put a a specific number on something like that. And sure. whereas movies don't do that, they do still break out all these categories. And that's fine. But when you're watching something, what matters to you? Because I came into this, is it the sum of its parts? Or is it you know, like, well, this film had such great cinematography and the sound mixing was so good, mm-hmm. you know, but overall that didn't create a enjoyable masterpiece, you know, an enjoyable experience. You know, when you're thinking best picture, is mm-hmm. it sheerly entertainment value or are you factoring in all the other categories and other elements? Yeah, I mean, I... I hate to equivocate, but a bit of both. I think you can have the most interesting story. And if you don't, if the elements don't come together to tell it, you're going to be distracted by those, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, if you feel like, oh, what is the camera doing here? Or, you know, why is, um, you know, this set here? Why is this song playing right now? Or, you know. I mean, you do have to pay attention to details when making mm-hmm. a film. I, I think, you know, you can maybe have one thing that's just kind of a little off, but if you have two or more of any, you know, component, your audience is going to be distracted and then you've lost the essence of what you're trying to do. You've lost sure. the essence of telling a story. Mm-hmm. So for me, really, parts need to, you know, be complete on their own but they need to all come together and work together to tell a story sure like i don't need competing sound with 
an actor's performance or I don't need right. a costume choice that I think is just wildly off distracting me from a scene. Right. So. Okay. Well, what'd you, so, yeah, I need it. I need it all come together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. What'd you all end up watching this week then? I, I, I watched most of my stuff this week. I was trying to cram it in. How about you? <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw your list of uh, everything you've watched, like kudos <laughs> you got a lot in there. You did better than I did. Um, so I watched Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach's um, interpretation of obviously, you know, a marriage crumbling um, yeah. from from its first, you know, uh, mentions of divorce to the the final actual culmination of that process. Um, and then I watched uh, Marty Scorsese's The Irishman which uh, I have some strong feelings about that I can get okay. to in a minute. Okay. <laughs> you already know. I already, I, I couldn't wait for the show. I had to tell you immediately. Um, I've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's 60s mm-hmm. flick, um, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. And I'm about midway through Ford versus Ferrari and Uncut Gems. Okay. Oh, I should bring up so. Uncut Gems because... Where are you watching that? You have a VPN on your Netflix or something? Because that's not available in the U.S. on Netflix. Oh, so it's only available in like UK or EU? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I went and searched that the other day. I'm like, uh, this is not on here. And I looked it up, distribution rights and stuff, and it might come to Netflix here or whatever or something like that. But I had no way to watch it unless I connected my Netflix through a VPN and chose, you know, some other country. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the way I've been watching it. Okay. Oh, viewers. So. If you're like, where's uncut gem? Yeah. It's- sorry about that guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I almost watched that last night and then I was like, well, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to bother casting it from my phone or something like that. I don't have VPN sure. hooked up to my Apple TV. Sure. So, Okay. Well, what stands out to you? I mean, you said you have strong feelings about Irishman. I do. I really do. Um, it's nominated for a lot this year. Um, performances from Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, adapted screenplay, cinematography, visual effects, costume design, production design, film editing, and then best director and best picture. But... So- if what we're going to go by Spielberg's now redacted comments, that Ooh. shouldn't be up for any awards. The streaming Irishman? Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a streaming show. That's, that's yeah, that's certainly a, a question for the future. You know, Netflix obviously broke into the best picture category or the best picture yeah. category with Irishman. And then, yep. oh, also Marriage Story. Yep. I didn't know that was up for best picture too. So yeah, so I mean they've got two selections out of what like the the eight or nine that are up there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, good for Netflix. I mean, mm-hmm. but on on the other hand, uh, good for Netflix. But I don't feel that the Irishman should be up for best picture. Okay, truthfully. all right. For one, it is insanely long and does not need to be. It okay. is three and a half hours. And really, when I watched it, the last 30 to 40 minutes for me were the most interesting part of the film. Um, so to to give a spoiler free 
um, summation, the film follows Robert De Niro's character, Frank Sheeran, um, who is a hitman for a mob family, the Buffalino family. And it, it kind of like follows his career trajectory from like being introduced to the family, like, you know, how he gets his job, how he makes his first hit, you know, the kind of political um, takeover that the family attempts in the, in the sixties with the Kennedys. Um, and then also ties in how Frank meets Jimmy Hoffa. Okay. And so it kind of inserts itself into like the mythos of Jimmy Hoffa um, and how saying, he disappears. Saying hop, hopper, but with a Boston accent. Hoppa. Hoppa. Oh, no, Jimmy Hoffa. F. Um, so yeah, so it goes through that and then it sort of, the last 30 to 40 minutes is the end of Frank's life. And like all of the other, you know, like any any of the uh, um, mob family who survived, they're all in prison. Um, and, you know, kind of how they're dealing with their lives as old men and how mm. you like approach the end of your life when you've lived your life this way. So that part to me was actually the most interesting was like seeing them as old older men kind of just dealing with normal problems like you know getting to the bank or taking your pills or you know sure like just very interesting things like that that was fascinating in terms of character to me you know sort of like humanizing this very right. like you know unreal profession i mean obviously most of us are not gonna like know a mob hitman or know what that life is like but everybody can sort of think about, you know, older people that they know in their lives and how they deal yep. with like everyday things like that. So that part was fascinating to me. The film leading up there was way too long, dragged on way too much and felt a little bit to me like if you took Forrest Gump and made him a hitman and dropped him into history. Okay. Like it just it just it felt really disrespectful. Um, it didn't work, you know, Frank Sheeran's character into, you know, meeting the Kennedys and meeting Jimmy Hoffa in a, in a realistic way. Hmm. So I, I was very disappointed about that. That was, that was my very first split second reaction when I saw it was like, okay, this is like a mob version of Forrest Gump. That's funny. And I was, I, I was that. less than impressed. <laughs> um, Do you so, think Martin yes. Scorsese is just, is he just overrated? Or are they just trying to like make up for? Because he was, they said before sure. he's been snubbed however many times, and they finally won Absolutely. or whatever. And I mean, do you think they're trying to make yeah. up for that? Well, again, back to the whole thing. Like, there's a bigger picture outside right. of the individual movie that's guiding their judgment here on on films. Yes, yes, I I do think that that is the case, and I think if that's the case here, it's misguided. Okay. Uh, the Departed already won for Best Picture. Right. And that is a far better film than this one. And still um, not amazing. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I know. It's it's yeah. really good. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's certainly better than The Irishman. And this just feels, I don't know, this just feels a little tired. Like I want Scorsese to do something else. I need him mm -hmm. to fall out of love with the mob and and tell another story. Yeah, right. I agree. I mean... He did the one, um, wasn't it uh, the prison island one? 
um Prison it was a little creepier uh, vibe oh you um, mean uh, shutter island yeah was that him with leo yeah i don't know if that was him shutter i kind of island, hope it I was because i him. love that movie i think it was him and that movie i didn't see but it seemed different yes oh it's i've seen it um leo dicaprio and mark ruffalo star and it's fantastic it's like it's like you said it's creepy it's a unique way to tell a story oh it is it is scorsese yes yeah that i feel is a far better movie than either the departed or the especially the irishman sure yeah because again it's like this unique way to tell a story um you know i uh, i don't want to get in in a spoiler right but if if you have to pick a marty scorsese movie to watch that'd be it i think out of out of the three we've discussed right yep i don't want to say all time i want to run down the list of just what i've seen so everybody knows sure parasite once upon a time in hollywood jojo rabbit joker rocket man ford versus ferrari and lighthouse and then i didn't put in like avengers that's for right yeah or something like that you know yeah but um yeah so i squeezed in a bunch do you want to quick take a spin through uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood since we've both seen it? Yeah. Um, so I'm a fan of uh, Tarantino. Uh, Same. I would say, you know, I mean, it's been a little while since I've watched, mo- you know, I've missed a few of his movies, but mm-hmm. I still enjoy him. Kill Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, it's great. So do you think this lived yeah. up? to tarantino standards i uh, well i think it's a very tarantino movie mm-hmm. yep. um you know it's fast-paced soundtrack is kicky and fun yep. um you know it's very much a character study of mm-hmm. certain characters you know like yep. um leo's character he likes to yes yeah um yeah he likes to sort of pick like a couple characters you know main and side and just sort of do these like interesting quirky character studies that i that i find fascinating and he and he picked great actors yeah um i he works I with loved, his friends yeah yeah i loved uh i loved leo and i loved brad pitt's performances um also yep. i i love brad pitt's dog brandy Oh, like yeah. that is the most well-trained, excellent dog in the entire world. <laughs> um, uh, to uh, you know, not give anything away about the ending, but yeah, the dog really shines in the end. Yep. Um, it's I I mean yeah the sound the ending was very, also right? very Tarantino. The the end yeah you're right and the ending was definitely Bloody. the best part. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay, did really but like. Do you mean- do you mean okay. like the bloody ending or do you mean like the actual resolution final shots? Uh, both. I thought it finished strong. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You didn't, you didn't like the, the end end, the resolution? No. Oh. So, okay. I will, I will spoiler alert this because I can't talk about okay. it without spoiler spoiling. alert. Spoiler yep. alert. Come back in 15 <laughs> seconds. Exactly. Uh, so the ending obviously is different in the fact that, you know, these hippies who are following Charles Manson's direction 
end up trying to kill Leo and Brad Pitt's characters rather than killing Margot Robbie's character, Sharon Tate. Mm -hmm. And so she, she ends the movie just fine. She's Mm -hmm. never murdered. Um, Didn't, didn't really see the point in that. I didn't really see the point of having her character in the movie actually almost at all. Okay. Okay. You know, so it just, yeah, I, (laughs) I I will agree with that. Um, because the one of the most interesting things or when I was watching this, I thought, hey, it would be really cool to see Tarantino tackle the Manson family. That yes. would be cool. But it's such a side thing. And, yes. and right, Sharon Tate is a side thing. It never really, she's obviously like they're playing a thing where she's just involved and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a inglorious bastard's rewrite of history. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know about yeah, that. It, it sidesteps the whole issue. And I, I had a hard time because when it was first coming out or they were first kind of shooting everything, you know, they had done all these interviews with like Sharon Tate's family and how, you know, they, they were wary of Quentin Tarantino using her mm. in the movie. And then, you know, they finally gave their blessing and they said like, Oh, you know, we love the way he's doing this. And so I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready right. for that. And I thought it was going to be a bigger deal than it was. And then, like you said, he just sort of sidestepped the whole thing. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I, mean, I just, yeah, I had a hard time I, with that. I guess it's just a kind of positive rewrite of history you know it is like it's, it a, is. it's a it's a what if you know and uh, i i guess i was okay with that um but i think they could have trimmed a lot of fat in the movie then they yes. could have focused more because um they either go with with sharon tate manson family and that's potentially a very interesting movie or they deal with leo and his his struggles mm-hmm as an actor as like finding self-worth and um seeing himself the way the world sees him um versus how how he um how he sees himself and right although i really like brad pitt's character he was also it was was these tangential stories that i don't know uh, were needed to fit together yeah yeah it felt like different movies that were being attempted to be stitched together without quite success. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you need all elements of a movie to work together yep. to like tell you the story that it wants to tell without you being distracted. And I just didn't think Tarantino succeeded here. Right. Um, I, I also, there were, there were technical elements to the movie that I had a hard time with, like the narrator. Oh. Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. I just felt I just I just felt his I I like him as a narrator. I just Mm -hmm. felt the use of the narrator was uneven. Mm -hmm. So it distracted me because they did it sort of early on. There was like a huge jump in the middle where you know he wasn't in there, and then it was a ton setting up the ending. Yep. And and I felt like if you need the narrator that much then you're you not doing your storyboard. job as a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. You're just, I mean, you're not, you're, you know, yeah. if he'd been sprinkled a little bit more in the middle, I think I wouldn't have been as distracted by it 
coming back at the end. But then when he did, I was like, oh, right. Like we've had a narrator sometimes. So that came up with um, uh, Gretel and Hansel too. Oh, um, okay. There's some narration. And I don't know if it's a trend or what, but, or if it's people getting lazy. I mean, there's definitely things that it's, that's baked in and it really is designed that way. And there's other things where, I don't know, could this just, that's what we learn in colleges. Can this be told visually? Mm-hmm. You know, I brought up to someone the other day when we were watching Aunt Vinland Saga. And for the oh, start yeah. of it, we didn't have subtitles on. It was in Japanese. And it took a while before someone noticed because yeah. it just made sense what they were showing us. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily need the the words at, to that point. So, exactly. Yeah, narr- I agree. Narration could have been cut out. Tell us the story visually. Right. Or like I said, if if that's what you're going to do for some things, that's fine. I just needed, I needed a little bit more um, like kind of regular use and a little bit less heavy mm-hmm. at the end. Well, and it was weird because it wasn't uh, a non-corporeal like narration. We had a character, right? You know, Kurt Russell's playing a character in the movie. Did it make mm-hmm. sense for him to be the narrator, the omnipresent thing? Um, or maybe you're not supposed to notice that he has a character in there too. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, it almost felt a little like giving Kurt Russell more to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, so I I wasn't uh, quite convinced by that. I uh, have to say I could have when uh, Leo has a great scene in there where I there's some really good scenes in there. I I've kind of like uh, with Leo whatever, but I really like some of his moments in there. Mm-hmm. And there was a time I was like, there needs to be a film where he is Kurt Russell's son because with the way they had him done up and some of the way yes. he was doing his accent. It's like, that is definitely a younger Kurt Russell right there. Yes, yes. So. Are you talking about like the the scene within a scene? Like the scene for the, the TV show or the movie that um, he's- Where I noticed it was in the trailer. He was having a kind of this breakdown, like amping Oh, himself. yes. I love, I love that, that scene. scene. And then yes, the scene within a scene, but that, that yes. was kind of the whole big chunk. That was probably the best part of the yes. film, other than their very, other than the end thing, I think, because Agreed. yeah, seeing that camera go with, honestly, when you start with the little girl, the little girl was really good yes. too. She and so excellent. that talking to him on set, the filming of that, him going off set and coming back on, that was yes. a great sequence. Yes, that I agree. That was my favorite sequence as well. Absolutely. Um, it, it felt this. So the scene within a scene felt a little bit like that same intensity that Leo had in uh, Django Unchained. Oh, okay. Which okay. I know you haven't seen. Yep. But, you but a lot of people, but um, a lot of people talk about the scene where um, he's, you know, playing this slave owner who's talking about how he owns Carrie Washington's character and he's using the skull to prove his point and he slams it down and cuts his hand open and he just like goes with the scene and he rubs the blood all over her face. And it it felt like that same exact intensity. Sure. Like I was instantly reminded of that scene and it and it didn't, you know, make me think like, oh, Leo's playing the same character. It just made me think like, man, he sells this kind of intensity so well. Mm-hmm. He yep. he can get 
in it and you see him get lost and he and he just convinces you. So I, I love those sort of moments of his acting. Yep. I guess I haven't seen enough Leo movies because <laughs> this was the first time I was I was pretty impressed. I should sure. watch Shang Wan Chain. I should watch should. The, the Revenant. Um, yeah. I want to watch that one. So that's that's another long one, just a, a cautionary. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> cautionary moment. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, like I've you know done some acting here and there, and I know how hard it is to. Um, get that sort of intensity without feeling a little either outside yourself or, or trying to make it genuine enough that you don't sort of feel ridiculous that you're too intense. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I know, I know how tricky that balance is. Yep. So cool. Um, well, um, do you want to get to some picks, some predictions? Yeah, I have a couple. I want to, let's see. Man, there's so much we haven't talked about. I know, um, I know, it's tough. Uh, I want to. I'll just touch on a few of the other ones I saw. Um, Parasite. Sure, yeah. Parasite was yep. very good. That's really on my list to see. Yeah, it's. Um, I didn't know what to expect. It's it's well done. It's tense. Uh, I'd say if there's an ensemble cast award, that'd be a good mm -hmm. one. They okay. all work very well. It was, um, I don't want to give anything away, but um, it just felt real. Like I'm not a Korea expert, but it felt very, very real. Um, and I appreciated that where it's not, um, you know, with, for Ashley's families from France and mm -hmm. they, when they went over to visit a long time, they thought everyone here lived like Hollywood. They would see, watch movies oh, and sure. figure everyone in America lived like Hollywood. And so you get that because you have these inaccurate depictions all the time and things, which is fine because mm -hmm. as a viewer that knows it's inaccurate, you can see this is a, a slice of, of reality, not right. most of it. Right. And I thought that Parasite did a really a convincing job of showing Korea some of the struggles and um, they did this good back and forth between like um, the very well off and the very not well off in mm -hmm. the movie and yeah. it just I I was impressed I was impressed with Parasite okay um, Jojo Rabbit watched last night so these two are my two for my favorite. Uh, oh, Jojo okay. Rabbit was really good. I was weary going in. Um, yeah, the premise you know, sounds a little ridiculous. So yeah, but it's done <laughs> so well. It's a timeless film. Uh, it's okay, a film that wow. Anyone can watch. Uh, could have watched fifty years ago. Okay. If they could get over, like, you know, if it's too soon kind of thing. I mean, or something. Sure. I don't know when that point is. Oh, and, and they can watch it 50 years from now. And okay. it just is, it's human. Uh, it has a bit of everything. It's emotional. Uh -huh. It's funny. It's um, it's very Taika Waititi. I, he didn't let me down. And I was, okay. and, and, well, I'll get that in our guesses later. 
Okay. Uh, lighthouse, creepy, great, fun, mm -hmm. weird. Um, I'd recommend it, but it is, it's a slower, slower yes. film. Um, and Ford versus Ferrari. Um, Christian. Yeah, I'm having a good, good time. Oh Christian yeah. Good. Um, very I, good. I, yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic actor. I do think Matt Damon is solid as yeah. well. Yep. Um, he's not, he's not as like excellent, but he just, he's a solid character. Do you know what he, I mean? Like yep. Matt Damon is always solid. I'm never just disappointed by his performance. Yep. I just, I just, there's some actors to me that's like Anthony Hopkins and Christian Bale's become one of those that just tells so much in their eyes and face. And just, I, yes. I bought it, bought it. Yes, I agree. So I, I won't go on, I guess. Uh, it's, uh, it'll give you a bit much, but yeah, you were talking predictions. Who do yeah. you think? All right. So even though I haven't seen this, um, I'm feeling pretty confident in my, my acting picks. Um, okay. best actor, Joaquin Phoenix. It's going to happen. Yeah. I yeah. I just, I just feel it's one of those that you just already know, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I, he... I mean, I did see it and it's, I mean, if it gets it, it's deserved, you know, it mm -hmm. does a very good job. It's a very real look at, to me, what feels like a real look at mental illness. I think he does that respectfully and the film does that respectfully. And, uh, he, yeah, he brings it home, even though it's feels not very jokerish. He does, mm -hmm. he does a good job. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to watch it and, and sort of see his performance um and see if i feel like it's you know a joker movie or if it's you know it's sort of like you just added that element in you know well, what i mean yeah um i i put this in notes uh because i guess because i've heard plenty of people say it's not joker um mm. the way i look at it is like casino royale where in mm. Casino Royale, Daniel Craig's Bond was not Bond, really, as we right. have come to know him. He was new, right. new double, going to be a double O. And mm. the way that picture set it up to me was at the end, he his heart was frozen over, and now he'll be like the womanizing, cocky guy we know that's, because in Casino Royale, he's messing up. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he drives this like Ford Fiesta thing or something for a while. You know, just like <laughs> a number of things. He's a little more rash, you know? Sure. And so I feel like at the end, he's himself. Now they delayed another film. He was also not himself. He was reeling in the next one. Right. But, you know, but I felt that this way was the way Joker was. By the end, you could see where he's going. Okay. And so this is really his origin. And he's not joker he's not the joker we, we know and are familiar with but this could feasibly be his start okay all right all right i buy into that um so my other picks um best actress i think is going to go to renee zellweger for judy um, um another one I, okay. I i haven't seen but i just i feel like it's another one of those um sort of predestined picks 
Okay. And it's it's the only nomination that that uh, picture got, and everybody was just raving mm. about her and her as Judy Garland. So I just feel like that's that's okay. where that's going to go, and the Academy is going to make up for other movies in other ways. You know okay. what I mean? They're going to give awards to the other movies yep. that are there. Yep. Uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story is my supporting actress pick. Uh, she okay. and I completely agree with this. She absolutely crushed her role. Okay. There is, there's not a lot of like, um, like sentiment in it. And I think that's, that's why it could, because sentiment can so often seem fake or forced or, you know, like there's these big tragic scenes that actors have to respond to. And, you know, people are like, oh, their performance was so amazing. But you're really like, well, this whole scene was like set up for them to, you know, deliver or something like that mm -hmm. her performance is just like gritty real absolute like embodiment of a character from head to toe i did not even feel like i was looking at laura dern okay nice so i yeah i i think she's gonna win for that or at least i that's my prediction and then i think brad pitt for once upon a time in hollywood okay is gonna get it yeah so the, the do you want those people all to win as well or you just think that that's what will happen? <laughs> I think that's the thing that will happen. Um, you know, not having seen all of the movies, I can't probably mm -hmm. give a, a, a true prediction of what I would want. Um, but based on some of the things I've seen, I actually wish that Saoirse Ronan would win for Best Actress for Little Women. Okay. Um, I thought her performance was absolutely magnificent. Um, and I, and I feel a lot of that movie is going to get snubbed. I think that that movie is going to win for like best adapted screenplay because okay. they didn't nominate Greta Gerwig for best director, which I absolutely feel she should have gotten. No question. Um, so you were a big fan of little women. I was, I've certainly seen other adaptations and technically it's nothing new in the sense of like this movie has been made before, but the way the story was told was very innovative. Okay. Um, like using kind of flash forward, flash back. There were a few new scenes that were added that didn't feel disrespectful to the original um, and were driving beautiful character development. Okay. So so nice. I absolutely feel that that was a snub by the Academy. And I think they're going to give her best adapted screenplay as sort of like a consolation. Okay. For, or as an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I really hate that. I do. I do. You know, I yeah. they needed. Yeah. Uh, I and it's, it's sad because it, we're not the only one that people that think that. You know, mm -hmm. and I just don't. Um, yeah. And yeah. I also think, um, and I and I don't want to belittle this um, when I say it. I think that Bong Joon Ho or Bong Joon Ho um, mm -hmm. is going to win for Parasite for Best Director. Okay. But I also think. It's going to be partly because the Academy is not going to feel comfortable having a foreign film win Best Picture. Oh. Hmm. And so they're going to recognize that Parasite is an amazing movie. I don't think hmm. they're going to give it Best Picture, probably partly for that reason. I might be ascribing motives, but it's just my my feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that he is going to win for Best Director. Okay. I can, I can see a Best Director um coming there and i for me 
I don't think it would be because necessarily because of that. Um, no, and I, I and I don't mean to say it's the main reason. I just think there might be like some sort of side feeling in there. Yeah, I I think your guess and my guess too for best picture. I think mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it. It just everybody's raving about it. Nineteen seventeen. Yeah, I've, I've started it, but not enough to to credibly talk mm-hmm. about it. So I. I think that um, it can't kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It came late and um, I certainly hadn't heard about it. Maybe I'm in the wrong circles, what Sam okay. Mendes is working on and stuff, but sure. yeah, I've heard nothing, yeah. nothing but great things. Same. Um, and I think it's going to win for best picture and cinematography. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yep. A normal year. I think they would have given lighthouse cinematography. Yeah. Um, and I would be perfectly happy if that won. You know, I can speak to that one because I saw it. But um, yeah, yeah, I think, out of, you know, I don't know where then this came along. Yep, absolutely. So you got a couple other predictions? Um, um, oh, just for just for screenplay. Oh, yeah, screenplay. Yeah. Yep, I think a Little Women's going to win. And I think Original is actually going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Yep. I put, uh, I get through in my a token for score. I feel like, oh, again, yeah. it'd be one of those things where this is probably the last Star Wars movie that John Williams is going to um, yep. score. So I can see him giving Rise of Skywalker best, best score. I would agree with that for sure. Uh, I think if it wasn't maybe his last one, they might... Uh they might go a different direction like 1917. Yeah. But yep. I see rise of Skywalker coming in to take it for sure. Yep. So favorite, favorite uh, movie you've seen this year for, I, I would say of anything, if you can think of Ooh. it. And um, um, how do you oh, think the yeah. Oscars stacked up this year? Um, so I'll, I'll address the second part first. I was a little disappointed, I think, in the in the crop this year. Um, not that they weren't good movies, but in just kind of a very general sense, there was nothing that that truly blew me away. And there was a lot of looking at the past, you know, mm. a lot of nostalgia feeling like, um, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood looks at the 60s. The Irishman also looks at the 60s. Um, 1917 obviously is, uh, you yeah. know, um, said in the past, little women is said in the past, you know, there just wasn't a lot to say about the present or unique stories to maybe tell about the future. And I was a little, like a little disappointed, um, okay. in, in that overall feeling of, of so much looking at the past and sure. it's like, can, can we not come up with anything new can we not innovate can we not look ahead well it is hollywood we're talking about no i they know can't come up with something new where <laughs> it's in television and everything i know i, mean, I know a, i it's the old guard you know and it's still us it's still largely a system that's just you know it's it's part of the problem with the oscars you know it is steeped in this uh in this history the storied mm-hmm. history this past you know hollywood still a lot to these people and it's their time has kind of come to an end you know it is yes. now 
the streaming services, and there's more unique content out there being made. And I think it's pretty good that Netflix is getting some recognition, probably, you know, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of content out there. And yeah. it's, um, I don't know, they're gonna have to wake up to this kind of, you know, expand their horizons, you know, um, yes. not be looking at maybe give some other people a, a fresh look because they haven't made a giant name for themselves right away. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's someone they're missing or a film they're missing that, uh, you know, I saw Mandy this year, which was insane. It was insane. Um, it's by <laughs> a pretty new director and it's got Nick okay. Cage in it and going all out Nick Cage. It's okay. a trip. It is. It's great. It's a great movie. And I mean, okay. no one, if you're talking about something original, that's an original film. And the guy behind right. it was, was super passionate about it. Um, I don't know. There's stuff out there. They could be, you know, forget about Martin Scorsese for a moment. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with looking to the past in its entirety, but I want somebody to do something innovative with it. Like Jojo rabbit. Yes. Yes. That was a unique movie. It was a unique movie. And to me, Paris, so I'm kind of, I was, I was pretty happy this year. Um, or his other years have been pretty, pretty bummed. Um, cause you know, I, I often ignore a lot of the, that the Oscars uh, are nominated there, but I, uh, Parasite and Jojo Rabbit were so good. Rocket Man, I know was just up for best song, but right. they could have, that could have been a possible best actor nom too there. That was surprising mm-hmm. to me to not have yeah. uh, Taron nominated. Right. And Ford versus Ferrari kept me on the edge of my seat, seat singular. So I was actually pretty happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm I don't mean to say that I was ha- not happy with anything, mm-hmm. but I'm just, um, and not that movies weren't well done, but I just, I want some new yeah. subject matter. I want some there new content. There was a theme of the past, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going long. Yep. We're running <laughs> long. Um, Lots to uh, say, as always. Yeah. So, thanks. Is there anything else you want to add for this week yet? No, I just think um, I'm excited for the Oscars to see, you know, what are what are predictions uh, come to fruition out. or don't. Yeah. Or, and I'm excited for our first live stream fashion critique of the Oscars tomorrow. That'll be fun. A special bonus for people who want to tune in. Yep. Yep. We'll um, yeah. try to. So, yeah. So um, we're going to. In podcast form, probably try to split this uh, in two um, for people. Um, get that going. Get that up Monday. The um, our live thing tomorrow. What do we say? We're gonna try for uh, six o'clock. I think. Yep. Or five thirty. We'll we'll, um, we'll try to do at least six to seven to cover yeah. the the final Oscar countdown hour. Yep. So we'll. Oh, bearing any, barring any technical difficulty, we'll we'll make fun of people's fashion choices. Yes. And applaud applaud the good ones. Yes, absolutely. um, Yeah. So look forward to that, everyone. Thanks again for joining me, Andrea. And yeah, we'll see you tomorrow.
Sounds good. Bye, everyone.